Welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Take. We sit down with Pastor James and ask a few questions and hear some additional thoughts from this week's teaching. Well, welcome back to Tuesday Take. Pastor, how are you? What's happening? You doing all right, man? Oh, yeah. Good, good. Uh, You have a good week so far? I mean, it's just Tuesday, but... Yeah, I kind of forget what day it is. Yesterday, I was like, hey, what day is it, Kirsten? Yeah, we just we just have uh, chuck marks on the wall. That's good, like, we yeah. Just got, it's day like 40-something, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it is weird. Um, I went to Standard this morning to grab a cup of coffee, and I definitely was like, it's the first time I've seen like people in a little while. So it's different, man. Yeah. It's real different. But it's okay. We're making it. We're surviving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody's, everybody's okay as far as I know. So. It's a tag surviving and thriving. I mean, that's yeah. it. That's how you got to do it. That's what I saw somebody say, don't just survive, but thrive. So come on, somebody. That's what we're after. Come on, somebody. Well, man, jumping into um, this week, jumping into the sermon from this week, you mentioned that God hasn't called us to blend in. He's called us to stand out. Why do you think that's so important as we walk through the Sermon on the Mount to remember? Well, I think that's one of the things that he's calling for, really the whole Sermon on the Mount, is that this is what the kingdom looks like. This is how kingdom people are to live. And really when you start, and I, you know, and I've known that, I guess, as we've been walking through, you know, we looked at, what was it, that we're called to be salt and light. We're called to be very distinct uh, distinct and different. But even in this one, like just starting to get into, you know, our response to when people harm us is so, this is so foreign. And even I think for all of us, like even as you're, you're like, ooh, I don't know if I like this, you know, <laughs> be, because I think it goes against our sinful nature. It goes against what we see everybody else do, even ourselves. And so I think you just, there's this, and you're like, man, this is what the life that Jesus is calling us to live looks vastly different than what we normally live. And I think I think it's a good thing. I think it's uncomfortable for us. Because I think at some I think at some level as Christians we're like, hey, I want to follow Jesus, and I want to be I mean I want to go to heaven and I I want to be a little different but not too different you yeah. know like I kind of want to look like everybody else and then you start to read through the Sermon on the Mount and you're like, well, what he's calling for and what to to kingdom living really looks like is it looks very vastly different and if you live this way, people will take note. Uh, it will seem radical, and I, I think that's kind of what we're like. Now, we want to be radical for radical sake, you know, just like that kind of deal. But I think it's like, man, our lifestyle, the way we talk, the way, I mean, the way we live is going to look very, very different, um, which, it, you know, could be um, why maybe the, the church in America, why we see sometimes uh, maybe evangelism things is maybe because of the world saying, I don't really see any difference, you know? Yeah. Like, your life looks just like my life, and you struggle with the same things I struggle with, like, you know, and so... You handle things the same way I handle. So what's the difference? Why do I need to go to, you know, why do I need Jesus? Why do I need to go to church? And so I think that's a, a call that we see coming out of the Sermon on the Mount is like the call is to be different. Yeah. You know? And you've mentioned like <clears throat> you don't do these things to be part of the kingdom. You do these things because you are a part of the kingdom. Um, and so I think that those both of those things are, are just super important as we walk. Well, I think if you, if you start like just say, well, just do these things and you get to be a part of heaven. Well, you're going to be really frustrated with yourself. <laughs> Um, and probably maybe throw up your hands and quit because you're going to be like, there's no way that you have the, I mean, because what, what he's calling for this, this what we looked at this last week, what he's calling for this next week um, that we're going to look at, I mean, you might could do it a couple times on your in your own power, but like this is why we need the gospel and why, you know, we need Jesus Christ to change us um, so that we can be enabled to live this out, you know, and without him we can't live these things out. Yeah. There's no way. Absolutely. Um 
So just this week, you know, don't settle the score, don't get even. Why do you think we just so fast run to do those things? I think it's just in our sinful nature to to do these things. Um, it comes so natural because I think you and I were talking about it um, of how even just in the little smallest things we do this, you know, and we don't even realize. Like the other day, Shane did something to me, played kind of a joke on me, so I decided to play a joke on him a little bit. Um, and it was funny because after, like, after he said, he's like, "Oh, you trying to get me back?" And then it was like, it just like I was like, I just went against what I just said in the sermon. <laughs> And I didn't even think twice about it. Like I like, and of course, it was my. I mean, you know, it's not yeah. like it was this major thing, and it wasn't anything that you know. It was a joke for both of us, so it wasn't like we were getting revenge on each other. But it, <laughs> but it was like even just how just in the smallest level of how it's like we. This is just how we are. And like Kirsten and I were talking about too. Like even like in marriage and different things. Like we're keeping score of like, well, I've done this, so therefore, you know, and mm-hmm. and so we're always like keeping score. We're always keeping tally and, and, you know, if we feel like we've been harmed or we feel like we've been not treated the way that we need to be treated. But I, I know we addressed it some on Sunday but about denying yourself because I think a lot of this comes from a very prideful, arrogant, selfish place. Um, and really, I, like, I've just almost gotten to this point just in, in, like, how so much – and I think this is – I was praying about this yesterday. Like, I think the thing that causes us the most harm in following Jesus is ourself, you yeah. know? And that's why he says you have to deny yourself and follow me because I think the greatest hindrance in us being faithful and following is us, like, being selfish. And I think a lot of this retaliation, uh, vindicating ourselves, comes from a very – we you know, we feel like we've been harmed, wounded, um, something's done we, we you know i think we over internalize everything we make it so personal it was attack on us and we feel like you know i need i need to get justice i need you know i need to be i need to right this wrong i need to do whatever i need to withhold things from people i need to quit talking to people i need to take it out in my tone with people and it's like man all of this just comes from a very selfish sinful place we want to care about justice um, and the Lord cares about justice, but I, I and I, I mentioned it briefly Sunday, I think. But we blur that line between what what is justice, and then us just wanting to vindicate ourselves, make ourselves feel better, feel like we've kind of got the upper hand, we've we've kind of gotten back at them, you know. Yeah. And so we we call it. I think sometimes what we call justice sometimes is skewed a little bit because yeah. it's kind of what we think is justice. Yeah, and we want justice for ourselves, but sometimes we don't want justice for our neighbor. You know what I mean? Very true. And so it's like, I care about when it affects me, but mm-hmm. if it doesn't, then I'm okay with it. So, um, kind of piggybacking off of that, just to, to ask another question, uh, I think broad spectrum. Uh, you know, if we get wronged on the interstate, if somebody like cuts us off. Um, Sometimes you may or may not speed up and cut them back off. Uh, I'm not going to speak personally to myself. Yeah, you probably had never. Never, never. And uh, I probably should get a sticker from a window from the church, but nonetheless. Hold you uh, accountable. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, I think in the grand scheme of things, um, if someone does wrong us that we don't know that well, that's not close to us, I don't think our knee-jerk reaction is like, well, I'm going to get that guy back. I'm going to get that girl back. I'm going to get this person back. But I think, you know, kind of just what we were talking about, I think that in our closer, more personal relationships, I think it's easier to do that. Why do you think that is where, you know, maybe if something happens between me and you, it may be in my mind, maybe you should be like, well, I can get that dude back whenever somebody on the interstate may do something. I'll be like, no, it's fine. It's just another day. It's okay. He's probably in a hurry. Why do you think 
we do this to the people who are closest to us. Well, I think just in general, it seems like we a lot of times hurt the people that are the closest to us, you know, and uh, maybe we feel more comfortable around them or um, maybe it stings more, you know, because you're like, well, this is someone that says they love me. This mm-hmm. is someone that says they care about me, and yet then they did this to me or they disregard, oh, you know, whatever it is, and um, and maybe we feel more hurt, you know, by – because that's like the, the movie The Count of Monte Cristo that I referred to in it, you know, in, in, the, in kind of the very first part of it when he finds out his best friend um, betrayed him. I mean, he's like just distraught about it. Like, why? Like, tell me why. Like, like why did you – because he was like, you were my friend. You know, like, why did you do this to me? And, you, and, and you know, the other guys he didn't really know as well, but that, that's in his plan. He really wants to get back at his best friend the most because I think he was most harmed by – because he was like, if, if anybody's going to do this, I didn't think my best friend would do this. And so I think maybe, you know, I think we want to get all people back and just sinfully up in our in our life. But I think when we're wronged by people that we love or close to or say that they love us, I think sometimes it maybe stings a little more. Yeah. You know? I think with that, too, I think sometimes, uh, I mean, we're, we've talked about a lot so far this morning, but like ourselves get in the way a lot and we have such a high view of ourselves um, I can't tell you how many times in my life I've felt wronged in a situation only on the other side to find out like that person who I felt wrong to me had 7 million things going on in their lives. And what they did that I thought was so, you know, world shattering to them, it was like, I didn't even realize I did that. Yeah. And so I think, I think it's another reason, like, like you talked about Sunday denying ourselves is such a big thing that we have to do is because if you have such a high view of self, everything is going to do this to you. Everything's going to come off like yeah, that. Yeah. Cause I, I was thinking even in my life, like sometimes, and, you know, you know, sometimes when we feel or when someone calls us out or whatever, you know, I think our knee-jerk reaction is like, how dare you do that to me? But trying to almost, and of course, I guess what Jesus talks about is like humbling ourselves to be like, well, let, let's see, there could be something valid in that. Or, or, or you know what I mean? I'm trying to like, all right, let's, let's not let my knee-jerk reaction, it could have been said different, it could have been said not the way I want it, or, you know, whatever. But um, how can I maybe take what's being said, it, you know, could be, could be things that are true or, you know, I don't know, but I, you know, I think w- this idea of like being humble, um, which, uh, which is hard, you know, to yeah. do and to not make it about ourselves, you know, to deny ourselves to, you know, that it's not about me. It's not about me getting payback. It, you know, this, it's not about that. Yeah. So <clears throat> Sunday you mentioned practically living these things out. One of the things we can do and probably the most important is to look to Jesus as our example so how should um, Christ's actions going leading up to the cross, how should that motivate us to live in this way? Well, I think we, you know, and we read in First Peter, and you can see it, I think, in Isaiah 53, it prophesies about it. You read the end of the Gospels, and you see just the way that Jesus, I mean, and I think above all of us, I mean, was wronged, and, like, he literally did nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, he was perfect. It wasn't like he was like, well, you know, I mean, it's like he did nothing wrong, but yet was treated unfairly, unjustly, harmed, beaten, spit upon, yelled at, called names, was tortured, crucified, and yet you see him doing exactly what he says in Sermon on the Mount. He doesn't revile back. He doesn't return evil for evil. Um, He actually extends goodness and grace back to them, even in those moments. And, you know, I I think it's kind of like, I think even for us just to even remember, because I think sometimes when we hear these things of like, oh, that that's really nice, but it seems so far out of our reach mm-hmm. that you're like, 
that's good. Thanks for like saying those things, Jesus. Um, but I'm. Why should I even strive for that when it seems so out of reach? But yet you see Jesus perfectly embodying this, and then also remembering now because I'm saved, His Spirit now dwells in me. So it's like now. The, I, I now have the ability to actually live out these things. And so I think to remind ourselves, like, what's to motivate us? Um, because this has really been on my mind a lot. I've been reading different, um, kind of in quarantine, trying to read different books, and I've kind of been reading more secular books. Um, and what's interesting is, like, some of the things, not not necessarily in Sermon Mount, but just some of the things as Christians we strive to do, other people that aren't believers are striving to do the same thing. Now, it's obviously different, mo- you know, but I'm like, what separates us? from the rest of the world and their striving, you know, like um, Chad um, had referred to me a book, um, you know, talking about like ego and pride, and I was listening to it, and I was like thinking through, I'm like, okay, I just preached on denying ourselves and how we need to get out of the way of ourselves, and yet this guy who's secular is saying the exact same thing. What makes what I'm doing different than him? Because there's got to be a difference, you know, between what I, I'm striving to do, and, then, and I think it's the gospel, and that our striving is not to prove something, it's not to to validate or even to win God's favor or approval. It's because of what Jesus has done for us. And then because of that, because of our heart change, now it comes from a more, uh, not, I'm, I think we have to still strive, but it's coming from more of like my heart has been changed, my disposition toward people, even myself has been changed. And so now my striving comes not because I'm trying to appear to be something or whatever it may be, but it comes from because of the gospel, it's because of Jesus, it's because of what he's done. My motivation has now changed, my my striving, and because, you know, striving after things has changed because of the gospel. So I think, and probably it'll be the rest of the Sermon on the Mount, pretty much one of the applications, like believe the gospel, like look to the gospel, look to Jesus, because I think that that has to be the separating thing from us and the rest of the world. That has to be the different, I mean, you know, because if we're, there's a lot of people that are trying to be good people, yeah. good moral people. And like as Christians, we're not upholding, hey, here's what good morals are because you, you aren't moral. I'm not moral. I need Jesus to, to change me. And so we don't want to get in the tendency of like our preaching, our teaching, just to be like, here's just moral things to do, you know? Yeah. I think that's one of the things, too, that you had asked in the questions that came up on the screen after the service Sunday was, you know, how can this be evangelistic? And what a better way for it to be evangelistic. I mean, that's what Jesus says earlier in verse 16 in chapter 5 is let your light shine so that people could see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. And so I think in that too, like what a missional opportunity we have that if we are in our workplace or if we are wherever we are, um, if we are wrong, the first thing that we do is is show forgiveness, show kindness, show love, and live as Christ lived. Um, Man, what an opportunity that is to a, a world who basically, like we were saying, get saved. There's no difference in what we're doing here. Uh, and to say, no, the difference is, is Christ yeah. and what he's done for us. Um, man, I will say, <clears throat> we talked about this the other day, that um, I think in some of these chapters, I mean, some of these sections of, of this chapter, it's definitely been like, that's going to be a hard week. That's going to be a hard week. No, we probably can skate by. And this one was one that was like, I don't think anybody's going to hit me in the mouth. I don't think anybody's going to take my tunic because I can't remember where I left it in the first place. Right, right. I don't think anybody's going to ask me to walk a mile. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to do these things. And so I kind of wrote this week off. I kind of was like, "We'll see." I, I don't know what he's going to do with this, but we'll find out. And sneakily, it got me. Uh, sneakily, it definitely brought some things to the to the surface of my mind that was like, "Man, I really need to work on this." And so, 
Yeah, uh, the, I think the Sermon on the Mount is pretty sneaky, you know, and, yeah. and there are some things that are very obvious things of like, that's going to be hard and can confront me where I am. But even like the whole time of just like seeing the way that he's calling us to be different, and you're like, yeah, I was kind of sneaky, you know, of, of like what it's calling for us to do and what it's asking, like even last last week about, you know, let your yes be yes, you know, be no, being people that are trustworthy, committed. You're like, man, that am I that way? And so yeah. you and so you really, you know, and really the, the rest of the way out, uh, you know, we're about to move into Chapter 6, I guess, after this week. Um, and it doesn't it, – it changes – like the tone changed a little bit, but even, I, you know, just a lot of the things that we do in our cult, you know, it really, I think, confronts us where we are. Yeah. Um, and so it is sneaky. That's what I told everybody when we started Sermon on the Mount that, you know, it may be rough because – and, and I – I think it's rough because maybe we've bought into a Christianity that just looks just like the world, and it doesn't look like what Jesus said. This is what the kingdom looks like, and mm. this is what kingdom people are to look like. And uh, and so, and just remember, it's like you're not called. I'm not called to look like everybody else. I'm called to look like Jesus. Yeah. And that's my standard. And so, um, sometimes we, I think, would rather look at some other standard, or you know. But anyway, I, you know, I, it's been good. It's been good for me. Good, been good for my art. You know, exposes a lot of things in us. You know, which I think's maybe some uncomfortable at, at the time, but I think even to remember that the Holy Spirit, when He's speaking to us, is this, uh, is to draw us and to you know to remove things from us, not for our bad, but for our good. You know, yeah. um, that you know, just like what is it? I, I refer to it. It's been a while ago, but even like a surgeon, when the surgeon goes in to remove something that's deadly to a person, it may hurt. And you got to make an incision, but it's for that person's good. Yeah. You know, and so that's the same thing for us when he convicts or points out things or is trying to remove things from our life. It's not. It's not for. It's for our good. You know. Yeah. Well, Pastor, I appreciate you sitting down with us and um, answering some questions from a, a really good text. Yep. See you, man.